Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist Podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Now today I want to talk about five paradoxes in eating disorder recovery because I firmly believe there's a lot of nuance and complexity to recovery and on social media sometimes it can feel very black and white, very absolute and I think it's important to explore some of the nuance, some of the paradox and to realise actually that there is a lot of complexity in it all and that is okay. So let's kick off. So number one. Pursuing the perfect eating regime is not the answer to your food problem. However, dealing with the food side is still part of the picture. So read that that again. So pursuing the perfect eating regime is not the answer to your food problem, but food, dealing with the food issues is still part of the picture. So, so many of my clients struggle with this. There's a kind of fantasy that is perpetuated by wellness culture. The belief that if we find the optimal meal plan, perfect health, that we really focus on diet exclusively, that somehow we're going to kind of reach that place of optimal energy, rainbows and unicorns, feeling the best we've ever felt. And of course, you know, we hear this all the time, don't we, in wellness culture, someone kind of preaching about their kind of carnivore diet and how it's changed their life and how they've never felt better. And, you know, I'm not saying that that stuff is not true for that person, but I think for many of us actually just following a particular diet, trying to go for this kind of perfection, these kind of radical overhauls, it's not really the thing that's going to work for us. Now, of course, what you eat can be impactful and ultimately life-saving. You know, if you are um, very, very underweight, and you need to weight restore and you need to fuel yourself, food is a very, very important part of the picture. But often food alone is not the holy grail to fixing things once and for all. And I think this is quite confusing because we are inundated at the moment with a lot of information to the contrary. You know, we're told about kind of protein dosing and how much protein we should have or thinking about controlling our blood glucose levels, eating maybe enough fruits and vegetables to create a healthy gut biome. So, and time-restricted eating, I think that's another one that's talked about a lot. Now, I think, of course, all of these things could add a beneficial strategy recovery, although I think anyone recovering from an eating disorder, I would stay well away from time-restricted eating. Um, but I think, you know, some of the elements of some of that advice that is given could be a helpful thing to incorporate in the overall bigger picture. However, following any dietary regime to the absolute letter is not going to resolve the deeper emotional and psychological concerns which may be bubbling beneath an eating disorder. So remember, an eating disorder is a psychological coping strategy. It offers a life raft to cling to when life is uncertain and difficult, and it might be a conscious, it might be an unconscious coping strategy. So we have to be really careful that we don't pursue the fantasy that somehow if we just sort of change what we eat, we follow the perfect regime that somehow all our food issues are going to be resolved. Now, having said this, we don't want to avoid the whole food part of an eating disorder completely either, because we know that regular eating 
fueling yourself adequately, healing a relationship with food, of course, all these things are highly beneficial in the recovery process. Because of when we are fueling ourselves, it offers like stabilization of your body physiology, and that can lead to improved mood, energy, and mental resilience, which can then be a game changer in your recovery process. Because if you're physically looking after yourself much better through nourishing yourself, you're going to be able to do the emotional work. You're going to be able to work on those deeper issues much more effectively than when you're in a state of starvation and when you're kind of rigid, preoccupied with food, anxious, low mood, all of those things. Okay, number two, no guru can fix you, but professional support can absolutely accelerate your recovery rate. So I'll say that again, no guru can fix you, but professional support can accelerate your recovery rate. Now, I know that when I was on my eating disorder recovery journey and afterwards, when I was no longer experiencing eating disorder symptoms, but I was struggling in my relationships, I was struggling with my emotions, my self-worth, I would sort of search high and low for the person who could make it all better for me. And of course, I was continuously disappointed as no one human being knows what's ultimately best for me and it's not someone's job to fix or repair me. And I'm not talking just as well about trying to find a guru in therapy. Sometimes I was searching for this through romantic relationships or through friendship or through the ideal job, you know, something external that was somehow gonna give me this self-worth, make me feel so much better. So I would often go through a repeated process of putting someone or something on a pedestal as my guru. And then, of course, when anyone's on a pedestal, the only way that they can come of come from the pedestal is downwards, I guess. You, you can only fall off the pedestal. You can't go to an elevated height usually. So what would inevitably happen is I would have the person on the pedestal, then I would realize that they weren't a perfect human because no one is a perfect human. They'd fall off the pedestal in my view, and then I would feel really despondent, stuck, disappointed with the realization that the human, the job, the external thing was not the answer. So instead, taking radical responsibility and really doing the inner work, which of course may be stimulated through professional support or friendship or a romantic relationship or a like job that aligns with your purpose, is where the magic really happens. The hours that you put into your recovery with your journaling, talking to friends or loved ones, listening to podcasts, reading books, challenging your ED behaviors when no one else is looking, these are the things that really, really count and will build those emotional muscles. And this is where radical change is really possible. Now, I believe that you will often need professional support to get through an eating disorder. It is a rocky road with numerous bumps and challenges and having a guide, a cheerleader, someone to help you reflect and equip you with the skills can be invaluable. But no one can fix you, wave the magic wand and make it all okay. How I wish this wasn't true. <laughs> Number three, everyone's journey will be different, but there are some things that will unite many people in their experience. So everyone's journey will be different, but some things will unite us. So your own healing journey will not look the same as someone else's. And I think this can be quite frustrating, confusing sometimes, because we're always looking for that magic pill. What did someone else do in a way that got them to the recovery place, what was the kind of magic thing that they did? 
and it can feel frustrating sometimes because I guess, you know, we are all different and what really worked for one person is not going to work for another. So we all have our own individual collection of memories, relationships, traumas, bereavements, etc. So you might relate to some types of treatment or help more than other types. Some podcast or author voices will speak to you personally, whilst others will irritate you or you just won't get what they're talking about. So this is fine. You are unique and you can walk your own recovery path. And if you find that getting into your body and movement therapy helps you much more than sitting in a chair and talking about your past, then trust the process. If you find that group therapy is your thing, that's the real game changer, whilst your friend swears by individual one-to-one therapy, then again, lean into what is right for you. So we're all on our own journey. Everybody's journey will be slightly different. And it's the beauty of it really, because of what will really speak to us as individuals, that is really again where the magic happens, okay? And you won't really know that until you dip your toe in the water and try and test out different things. But I think the important thing is to start to test things and then trust your own experience or reaction sometimes to these things, okay? Because we're all different. So having said this, many people in eating disorder recovery will share some common experiences. And this could be early issues in childhood around self-worth, possible traumas, shared experiences around emotions, early support, maybe how people experience things at home in terms of body image and food rules. And often many people that develop eating disorders have been on some kind of extreme diet or wellness plan at some stage. So there will be common threads that do kind of bond people that you will have in common with other people, but ultimately also your experience is unique. Okay, number four, emotions may feel overwhelming, at least to start with, and this can bring pain when you're on the recovery road, but life can become potentially much richer and more joyful when you tap into your full range of feelings. So emotions may feel more overwhelming, at least to start with, and this can bring a lot of pain. But ultimately, when you're starting to experience that full range of emotions, you're going to feel more joy, more contentment, more peace. So letting go of an eating disorder is sadly not a path to rainbows and unicorns and a trouble-free life. And you might feel emotionally worse in the shallow waters of your recovery because you're letting go of a coping strategy And you'll find as well that years of suppressed feelings bubble to the surface in uncontrollable torrents at times. And you might feel terrified as well about who you are without the eating disorder. You know, your identity may take quite a bashing. You may feel very lost. But in time, you will learn much healthier coping strategies. You will develop emotional intelligence, emotional resilience. You will develop self-worth and deeper and more vulnerable relationships. Now this is ultimately as well the path to far greater joy, peace and contentment than an eating disorder can ever give you, okay? So it's very normal that in the recovery process it can feel so turbulent and difficult and you might just want to give up. But I'll just say to you, it's part of the process. You know, if you're letting go of an eating disorder, you're starting to get in touch with feelings, things that have been suppressed and when they have to come to the surface, In the beginning, that can feel really, really hard because you're touching base with pain that maybe you have numbed and suppressed for a long time. 
but you'll get through this, okay? Once we're experiencing the full range of emotions, actually life is infinitely more colorful, more enjoyable. And I think the tricky thing is, is when we suppress our negative emotions, we tend to suppress our joy and happiness too. So often when people are dealing with an eating disorder, their mood can feel very kind of flat and low and you may be avoiding some of the pain, but you're also, <laughs> excuse me, avoiding the joy too. And in terms of identity, you can feel very, very lost in those early stages, but potentially you can find so much more meaning and purpose when you tap into your authentic self, find out what really lights you up and pursue that road. Okay, and number five, it's a long game, but you can achieve momentum and rapid change in some areas very quickly. Now, it probably took you several years to fully develop an eating disorder and likely a time period as well before you were even ready to consider seeking help. So, of course, our society adores a quick fix, eight-week solution, but this is not a realistic outcome when healing. So it's okay, it's important to accept that, okay? It took you a while to develop the eating disorder and to get help. It's going to take you some time to get out of it. Remember C.S. Lewis's quote, isn't it funny how day by day nothing changes, but when you look back, everything is different. So one day you will look back and you'll see how far you have come. And it can feel very frustrating and overwhelming when you're in the sort of turbulent early stages of the process. So on the other hand, having said this, in specialist eating disorder cognitive behavior therapy, CBTE, Professor Christopher Fairburn talks about how if someone is motivated for change in the first initial weeks of therapy, this is a fantastic predictor of a positive outcome. So what's really helpful as well is when you're getting support, if you can make some little wins early on, you can gather momentum in the early stages of recovery, this can spur you on to much greater heights and can ultimately build confidence and self-esteem, okay? So I think sometimes those little wins, however small they are, can build momentum, can build confidence, can make us feel there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, that can spur us on to kind of greater heights, to feel that actually we can begin to change, that recovery is possible. Okay, so hope you've enjoyed this episode, talking about five paradoxes in eating disorder recovery. So if you're not following me already on Instagram, do seek me out at eating disorder therapist underscore. You might be interested to join my body image training on Saturday the 18th of November if you're a counsellor, therapist, nutritionist, dietitian or personal trainer or other mental health professional interested in supporting people with body image issues. It's on Zoom, 9.30 to 4. Get in touch, harriet.fru at gmail.com if you're interested. If you enjoy this podcast, I would be so grateful if you'd follow, rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon.